Today's episode is sponsored by Bad Apple Records. Head over to badapplerecords.net today and check out their latest releases. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. How's it going? You guys are great, awesome people, and I am the idiot. Uh, this is Matt. Welcome to the Bad Christian Podcast, uh, live from Nashville. Uh, I'm not live right now, and that's why I'm an idiot. I made a Pro Tools error or had a Pro Tools error on my computer during the tracking of the Nashville episode, and I lost the first 10 minutes of the show. Now, I regret that because we had a nice gentleman that read the intro like last week. He did a great job, and we had some really good jokes up front making fun of Nashville. So, my mistake and apologies. One other editorial note. This episode uh, seems to have, and it's been reported to us by some of our team, to have too much bad language in it. And people ask us, do do we want to bleep it? Do we want to cut stuff? And ultimately, we decided not to. So if you're a new listener especially, I'm going to go ahead and advise you, maybe just skip this episode. If you can't stand to hear the F word, we said it once or twice. We had a guest that said it multiple times and a question where somebody you know, use the F word more than one time, some from the public. So we didn't really feel comfortable editing them. And we said what we said, and we're going to just have to stand by it. I think that's the better approach. And it, you know, might cost some fans or a sponsor here or there. But on this episode, we were in a live room with people. We felt comfortable. It just came out like it came out, and we don't really want to censor ourselves or our guests. So we felt like the right decision is to just leave it. Now, some people say, well, you might mess up your sponsors or this or that, whatever, but we're going to roll with it, whatever be the consequences. Thank you for all the people that are new listeners. Last week's episode was great. Welcome to our community. Hope you enjoy this episode, or skip it. It really doesn't matter. Anyway, here we go, dropping right into our live performance in Nashville, Tennessee. Imagine Toby and I, like, we were really encouraged to say, hi, my name is Joey Svensson. I'm the campus pastor here at James. So I thought I did it with, like, everything in me, the biggest smiley face and just, you know, goo-goo for Jesus. And the guy told me, yeah, you got to step it up. <laughs> and I looked at you and I was like, are said, you hey, kidding man, You're me? not even smiling. <laughs> yeah, I blew but my But you mind. were, but I mean, it, it just, they did. So actually, if you go to seacoast.org slash James Island, they actually picked Toby's because I think maybe they just, then then maybe Mine's I just there? crossed the line. Yeah, you, you're, I'm great at acting. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I can <laughs> sell anything for sure. So who who's, uh, I'm, I'm always interested in this, and these, this is when these guys will heckle me for asking a question like this, but is there anybody in the room that's bad Christian first and then you discovered emory from bad christian raise your hand that's always all right so the rest of you are emory first found bad christian through emory so y'all are in for a treat with this new album holy shit it's awesome (laughs) thank you joey wow yeah that well devin's back i mean that's kind of what makes it Even high as hell, he still got it. He still got it. So there are people here that didn't care at all about Emory, but are here tonight just for Bad Christian, for sure. That's crazy. What was wrong with Emory? <laughs> I, I didn't know you guys were a thing until Bad Christian. Oh. I heard you guys were well, a like, Yeah, it's a band, not a thing, but <laughs> just my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> just something I poured my heart and soul into for years. But it's just a thing. I do. That's really funny. People say, 
Uh, the funniest thing in the world is when you, like, if you're at a grocery store or at the bank the other day, and people have the same reaction. It feels so, it's so, I know, I know other, maybe other jobs are like this as well, but I go in, I have to get a passport. We're going out of the country to Australia here in, in, in a bit, but, uh, and I had to get my passport notarized so they could, whatever, for any reason I was there. And she was like, oh, what are you going to Australia for? I was like, well, actually, I'm in a band and we're going to be playing over there. Oh, you're in a band? That's so <laughs> cool. Man, that is really neat. A band. You guys, you're, you know, a little band just goes over there. And I'm just like, I mean, it's like my whole living. I've been doing this for 15 years. I mean, she definitely you got a demo. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you guys write your own songs? Yeah. Wow. You do covers, don't you? What kind of covers do you do? Oh, wait, but, are you electric? or? I mean, you, I'm sorry. Are you lead or rhythm guitar? Yeah, I know. No, can you play electric guitar and acoustic guitar? Acoustical. Yeah, I've gotten that one. It's times. called acoustical guitar. Acoustical guitar, for sure. <laughs> and then, but, I mean, they would never go, oh, you are a carpenter? Oh, man, that is so cool. You like <laughs> nail nails and do things like that. I mean, that would never happen. But in a band, it's like, oh, that little band you're in. And well, that's all the business stuff. The worst is when you're doing, when you because you're having to go do business and you're depositing cash and doing your your filing for your papers and doing your banking and stuff right. like that and you have to say the name of your business and the name of our business the name Emory was taken by a dry cleaner in the state that we were in so yep. we had to make we couldn't use the name Emory so we had to use the name uh, our official name of our business that we came up with in 2003 was Emory the Masters of Rock it's so, on every credit card every check so whenever I'm doing business they go okay yeah. business name and I say uh, it's called Emory the Masters of Rock <laughs> <laughs> and, and they and they don't know if I'm in the drilling, you know, b dynamite excavation <laughs> business. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't. It, it's really confusing. And then I explain it. I never thought about that. We're in the gym business. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, precious metals and stones and things like that. We do. And so you can play it that way. But even worse than that is bad Christian because that's the name on the card, yep. the name on the checks. And when I go do the banking for that, they say, "Okay, in your business name," and I say, "Bad Christian." <laughs> <laughs> And, and the, the, the pause there, they're, one, they're wondering if I'm crazy, lunatic, or Satanist is really what I think they yeah. think it is. I think they think it's like Anton LaVey's business kind of thing. It's a yeah. satanic organization intended to take down Christianity, and here's my deposit is what I think they think it is. So, so See, with all these oh, – are you going to say something? Well, I was just going to say yeah. – uh, tell everybody um, before – like when we were conversing today and having some good conversations. Yeah, we were conversing. Uh, you guys heckled me for not being a manipulator. Y'all remember that? Like, of all the cut downs, you guys were heckling me for not manipulating my wife. Right. Actually. Right. Like, I, I You're actually. terrible well, at Well, that. we actually asked him, would you manipulate? He said, I couldn't do that. I couldn't manipulate my wife. And we were like, mad at him <laughs> for not doing that. Because Matt and I are the, we, that's all we think about. So who can we manipulate? How can we manipulate them? Right. It'll be See, that, fun to manipulate. And that, that's, I, I do learn a lot from you guys. Like, honestly, if, if uh, first of all, if I was doing Bad Christian by myself, nobody would care to listen because, you know, the whole Emory card. Don't bullshit. forget that. Dude. Oh, no. Yeah. You're, don't, yeah. yeah. Um, but basically. I remember. Well, no, I mean, for, for, I mean, the problem was you were trying to get your, you know, ironically enough, your medical bills reduced. That's right. That's right. And so you were just saying you, you wanted to call the people and say, "Can you reduce my medical bill?" Right. And told and me and I thought you're insane. Joey, Joey turned he was around walking and said, hey, me through a strategy. He's like, "All right, listen, the person you're talking to right now, she is just an information giver. She can't do anything. So it doesn't matter if you're an asshole and piss her off. Just get all the information right, that you, you can, can out of her right now. Then the hang person. up. And then when you go to the person that can do something, you have this information." 
information. You can back her up in a corner. But first, you got to make sure that they like you and that you're smiling, you're saying funny <laughs> stuff and everything. And if they can start trusting you and then they just start liking you and you tell little snippets and stories, it was just like, right. oh, did my it work? Gosh. Huh? Did it work? Well, I, we'll soon find we're out. We're going to find it's out. It's work. But the thing was, we're, we're, Toby and I are trying to get our wives to go with us to Hawaii soon, which takes a little bit of manipulation. We we're both thinking, because we're going to go do a show in Hawaii, so we have to convince our wives, hey, if we go early and we pay for it, we can get the kids taken care of and we can take them with us and we'll, we'll you know, or we can leave them at home and get them, our wives to come with us to Hawaii when we do the Hawaii show. So we both realize it's going to take some convincing to make sure they believe everything's okay and all the loose ends will be tied up so toby and i just did a strategy session on i was like well, this is how you need to sell it to jessica you need to tell her you know this has been a rough year but here's what we're going to do we're going to go to hawaii and i just want you to take a break and uh, you actually it. suggested you're a cancer survivor <laughs> and <laughs> i did i did suggest you bring that up as it would help you in no, the long run, as, sweetheart, any, you as any married so people much. know i mean joey does you even admitted you have to word things a certain way to your spouse. Oh, yeah. I mean, sometimes it just won't work. I mean, my wife, mama three, we've never been away from our kids more than 24 hours. It was at the hospital. You know what I mean? That's, that's it. The only times we've been away. So I had to convince her that who she could trust and all this stuff. So, I mean, it, uh, you have to manipulate people you have or, to. or else it won't work. It won't work if you don't. Don't you understand? What that? won't work? But you just, just see things black and white. That's the only way you see them. You, go, you hear information and you go, okay, well, that's the way it is. So this is, I'm going to, I heard this information. I'm going to say this but information. But here's the thing is we're really good friends and you felt like you had to enter into a conversation about how you wanted me to drive safer in a manipulative no, way. No, that's what I was getting ready to say. So this whole thing happened because Joey, I promise you, I have never seen this. this. such bullshit. I have <laughs> never, I have never, why were we letting you drive anyway? I mean, you were hot. No, no, you weren't. You weren't. This before the pain medicine but he was driving he said yeah i'll drive i feel okay so i've never seen we're in our van i've never seen the steering wheel go left and right that much i've never been just that on the highway and that van uh, that van true. has two hundred fifty-seven thousand miles on it i know and that's the scariest i've been so far so unbeknownst to me matt was realizing how bad jo- joey was dry- driving and would come was coming up with a plan to tell joey how to Drive slower and get all the way into the right lane. And I was sitting back there going, what lie can I come up to tell Joey to drive slower and get in the <laughs> right lane? His feelings. Yeah, because that's, that's one of my <laughs> manipulation strategies. I just lie. It's just, it works. I, just, I was going to say something about fuel economy and how if you get over <laughs> to the right lane, it'll be better. And let's just slow down because we made this really serious band rule where we'd never drive any band vehicle over 55 miles. I was going to really just make up some bullshit and just try to go with it. And, and Matt starts saying, hey, listen, man, let's just just drive this way, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and then Joey just took it defensively, but we had to say something or else we were going to die. We were manipulating for our safety and your benefit of your feet. But if we had just told you black and white, Hey, you're driving crazy. You would have just said, yeah, I got it under control, which is what you tried to say. Yeah. But, yeah, but I, and all joking aside, though, coming out of the parking lot, there was a lot of unlevel concrete, so it was just shaking. The yeah, I'll, let's get all no more joking. Tell me more about the concrete. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Hey, all joking no aside, joking. No, let's hear about that parking lot. Don't laugh lot. about that. Tell me more about it was the just concrete. Balance, man. I was okay. shaking the car. This was on the highway. Huh? That is serious. It was on the highway. No, on the highway, I was smooth. Insane. As, okay, I'm right, looking right. at our timeline. We're going to move on ahead here. What we want to do next, just like was said in the intro there, and I forgot your name again. It was. Casey. 
Casey, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I have to ask you again. Okay, so we said we want to take some questions and involve you guys, and we brought this handy wireless mic. So the two things that would be make great questions and we want to talk about are uh, stuff you people always email us and send us messages and say, why don't y'all talk about this? This is a topic I'd love to hear your thoughts on. And the other thing is people always criticize stuff that we have already said. So right here in person, instead of doing it online, yeah, haters if, there's, hate. if, if there's any people, not even haters, but if there's anything you've heard us say that you think is crazy, well, I, we'd love to hear that too, just because we would love to give you guys the, the, the floor as well to, you know, Say stuff you think we've said before that was messed up. Hey, Joey, do you remember meeting those handsome fellows from Bad Apple Records when we were in Nashville? Uh, who? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Little baby had kidney stones. It was peeing blood. Come on, And he man. was like, oh, I need my medication, please. You were out of your mind. <laughs> yeah. Give him a break, Toby. He, he was on a lot of drugs at the time, so it's fine if he doesn't remember. So let's bring him up to speed. Let's check out a couple of clips from the Bad Apple Records artists. <laughs> Education Camp, John Russellberg, and Why They Came. All of these releases are available at BadAppleRecords.net, as well as iTunes, Amazon, and Spotify. And you can stay up to date with all the latest happenings at Bad Apple Records by going to their Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Bad Apple Records. They do sound awfully handsome. I know, listening to that, I've been like, damn. I know, when I saw them, I walked up and talked to them, and I was like, hey, is that a bad apple in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> <laughs> we'll do hand raising here, and we can pop through several of these questions, so don't, don't be shy at all. But uh, we got a mic for you, so who wants to go first on that? Topic, question, something right. you heard on Come the on show Come on up, if you don't mind. Grab it. Pass yeah, yeah, just back. pass that back to him. So tell him tell your, us name your name first. Hit us hard. Yeah, my first is, first tap the mic, make sure it's on like you did. There you go. <laughs> Got it. Uh, my name is <laughs> My name is uh, Seth Geiler, and this is going to be kind of a little bit of criticized, but go for it. Nice, no, okay. okay. Um, listening to the Levi the Poet episode mm -hmm. during the damn news, right? Um, you guys started talking about Ryan Bell, pastor turned atheist, yeah. right? Yeah, you know, that guy. And you uh, mentioned you're saying it's okay to question your faith and stuff, but 
like the whole seeking proof of God and like that that's like people tend to never come back after they they go down the wrong road you know uh-huh and um i I kind of feel different that when people there's two two options that you can come from that unless you're completely confused after you try to seek and prove God uh your two options are going to be that either you just disbelieve and you fall out of your faith or you are more faithful because you learn and you get proof. Mm-hmm. So what is, if like Dave Bazan and Ryan Bell, you do you think they went down that road the wrong way or that um, there's a better way for people to go down that whole proof of God? One thing first, why is the girl sitting beside you smiling so much She's and kind of giggling? And secondly, are y'all together? No. <laughs> okay. Well, that was kind of a mean laugh. <laughs> Dude, we'll kick her out. You, uh, oh, don't kick me out. He's got a girlfriend. Oh, no, that still sounds a little. Um, no, I'm just giggling because I. Are ha- you're an happy. Awkward person. Oh. Well. <laughs> I'm just laughing at him. We're well, secondly, it looked like you're reading back. notes there. Did you come in with notes on he your criticism of us? He was Is thinking that? about it the whole time. <laughs> oh, okay. So what? I, uh, let's narrow that down a little bit more. What did you find objectionable that we said that if you question God, you'll become atheist? Did yeah, I didn't hear, hear any that? criticism you there. You seem to say like that's a dangerous road to go down. The whole questioning proof of or finding searching for the proof of God. Yeah, I think that's Matt's personal Matt, deal, Matt honestly, that, yeah. and it's because he's such a scientific person in his mind. There's no way he would have come to God outside of a blatantly supernatural deal. So, so, so that, that there is. You go down that road, you probably aren't going to find something that's going to make you content. Enough. I'll keep talking for you, Matt. Go ahead. And so, <laughs> no, I don't, I'm not even exactly sure what what Joey's saying, but I think uh, if that makes sense to me, it's that um, I don't. I think if you're looking for answers, and to some, I'm not saying people shouldn't question or doubt or do stuff alternative ways. I think that's what we do very much so, but. I do think the people set out on this journey to disprove God, and I think sometimes it can be a foregone conclusion anyway that that's what they're looking to do. And if you go down that road, there's unlimited amount of evidence of stuff that or things that seem contrary. So to me, and I I would only speak personally that Mm -hmm. to me, all the only confirmations, the only thing that make God real are the supernatural things that he's done uh, to show me that he's real. And none of the things that I like look at the facts of or the logic of or the apologetics book that this guy wrote, that actually doesn't really sway me at all. So what we said about Ryan Bell was more, it's not like he read too many philosophy books and became an atheist. I don't, I'm, I don't, I could read all the philosophy books in the world. It wouldn't, I don't think it would affect me at all. What we're saying is it seemed like he was, he already knew what he was going to think. And now he just gathered all this evidence to like back it up. Uh, that's what I really feel so, about so him. So it was but a I, mindset as he went into it. Yeah, I think so. And I, I'll say this. And I, I told this to these guys and I really do think this makes me seem like a very judgmental asshole yep but this is something that i would tell these guys behind closed doors and that's what we do on the podcast is i see a guy like dave bazan who we love i mean we've got to hang out with him and just really favorite artists and all that stuff i personally think that he started to seek truth without seeking god at the same time and that is totally speculative for all i know he could have been begging god lord please show me please show me please show me but i know certainly that there's been some crossroads in my faith to where if it wasn't for me also saying god please help me with this because i'm i'm really struggling i don't think i would have came out a believer i think i would have been like yeah i just can't believe this 
That's yeah. just me, though. So, so if you go into the right mindset of weighing them equally, because, I mean, I would like to just have more than just the spoon-fed, I was born a Christian because my parents were Christians in the South. Yeah. But I would want to, you know, go search out other options and then, but you say the best way to do that is to parallel that with, you know, prayer and. Well, I think it's just, are you, are you looking and and you being everybody or who me, am I looking for God or not God? And if that, whatever you're looking for, if I'm looking for my keys, I'll eventually find my keys. That's what I'm looking for. If I'm, you know, whatever you're looking for. So if you're looking for not God, that's what Matt was saying. That's what you're going to find. It's easy to find not God. I mean, it's just easy. And it's honestly probably not as easy to find God, but there's just something about that pursuit that makes it the journey and the relationship and what all that means and how hard and what that actually looks like that is fulfilling. And so I, I actually believe uh, in, in those instances, even with Ryan Bell, I think, I mean, his goal was to, I'm going to see what it's like to be without God. I'm going to seek what life is without God. And it's fine. You can live a great life, an awesome life without God. And a lot of people don't want to say that. And it's always this scary thing. Well, if you don't believe in God, it's going to be really scary. You might thrive and have the best life ever. But to me, that would seem empty because it would just be about me. And, and I know me, and I'm not that cool, and it gets kind of shitty in my Amen. head sometimes. Amen. Right on. All right, let's do another question. Yeah, who's Thank got another one? one? Casey, you've already had a turn. This better be a short one. Yeah. Well, it's kind of going off what you got, what we're talking about with this with Dave Vazan and uh, Ryan Bell. Um, I just keep wanting to say, just eat it. Dun, dun, just <laughs> eat it. Give him a break. It is again. Go ahead, Weird Casey. Casey. It's okay. I get it a lot. Anyways, um, so uh, there's a guy named Alan Jones, and he's a Christian author, and he has a book called The Desert Way of Spirituality, and he tells the story of this, like, Sufi monk who um, his one of his, like, followers left the... A sushi? Sufi. A sushi oh, monk. Fufi. It's yeah, like a, it's a, a mystic. Love sushi. Yeah, so I love this story salmon, now. and tuna monk. Yeah, but, uh, but it, California monk. Good. California yeah, roll monk. But the, uh, his one of his uh, like uh, apprentices leaves the monastic community because he's going to search for answers. Right. Um, and eventually, a couple months later, one of the other apprentices says, "Hey, like, I'm worried about our friend. He's left the community. He's like, turned his way, uh, turned his back on it. And eventually, the the mentor, the head guy, goes over to him, goes to the the guy, f- searches him out, and finds him. He's like, "Hey, you've been searching for your, the answers in your faith, and you keep going, coming to these gates, and you you get the answer to that question, and then you search for an- another question." And, and what's say, your question, Casey? No, I'm getting. I'm serious. I, no, I don't have a question. No, it's, okay. it's kind of getting to what my theory on what Dave designed. Okay, is. so you don't have a question. You have a theory. Yeah. And sorry. your theory is the theory is that he's reached this fifth because the story talks about how you can reach this fiftieth gate, and once you get there, there is like no answer. There is no answer. Either you have to walk in faith. Or either um, you, you just keep searching for the answer, and like I think that was the never-ending story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, the movie I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, it was a yeah. favorite movie too. But yeah, or you have to just that, you get to the where, thing where the lasers hit you. Yeah. So that was all I was going with that. Sorry. Oh. Thank you, Sweet. Casey. Appreciate it. Now yeah. we've concluded <laughs> the theory portion of the night. Do we have any more questions? <laughs> and this is Brandon. What's up, guys? I'm Brandon. Hey, man. Matt, a few weeks ago, you posted a video about people leaving church and. You know, the, the collapse of Mars Hill out there and what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. And you read a bunch of comments on Facebook and, and Twitter. I don't know where they came from, but that's a huge question for me is being 27 years old and trying being in church, being plugged in and seeing the benefit of it. But how are what do you guys think is the, the fix all? And I know that's a hard question, but how do we get people our age, the youth 
excited and back in the church. I mean, what do you think? Is that is? the goal? Like, if we could do anything, it's get the youth excited about church? Uh, not necessarily excited about church in the sense that I get to go to a place and hang out. Mm-hmm. But I think building in that community and having that, that just that place of safety to be able to come in, be yourself. Like, if it's a shitty day, it's a shitty day. Come in and, and just and be shitty and feel shitty, but leave knowing that you're accepted. And I guess that's the big issue for me is seeing that we're terrible at accepting people. And how do we mm-hmm. fix that? I think the first step is making sure your pastor is super drugged up. <laughs> and then everybody likes him a lot Nailed more. Nailed right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, what, what all the thing that we think is the future of the church is is really is wide open. To me, that's exciting. To me, I'm excited about it because I think tons of stuff that exists now is going to fall apart. And let's let it – I mean, I don't mean to sound revolutionary, but let it burn, and we'll see what happens next. So I'm not worried about saving this or saving that. I think it's exciting, and I think our point of view is let's explore it. We don't have to protect it from a fearful point of view. We're going to see what happens and what shakes out, and I don't I don't know what any answers are. I don't, I don't even know if that's okay. Well, we were kind of talking about this today, just the idea there's a, a couple of studies and articles written about how – for a while, everybody has gone to these started trends where go to the mega church and it's, uh, you know, non-denominational and you go there and now trends are showing, Hey, go back to the traditional because everybody likes that tradition and it means something to you. Something that's been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. You're like, well, that's, I mean, it's been around. I can somewhat trust that, you know, even like, like we're huge college football fans and I love the idea of our college founded in the 1800s and it means something that this, this, and this, you know, I, I like that idea. And I, and I think, there, it will be some kind of mix of innovation and entrepreneurial uh, an aspect that is not just based around us only. And it's not around one dude or one system. Um, I think that's going to change. And then also I think we'll – maybe we should create something. Like, like when you say that, like that idea of how, how can we get people – wanting to come here. It's not necessarily, how do you get people to want to come here? How do you make something real? And if it's real and true, then people will come to it. But I mean, if you just go, Hey man, I mean, people tried it. Hey, we're going to have this kick-ass kids place where you come and there's video games and cool lights and a cool rock band. The guy swoops his hair and does this. And it's so awesome. And then, you know, kids are into it and it's so cool until let's say they're 17. They're like, wait, man, I love churches. So those are boobs. Oh, wait, that's a, penis I, people like me here and and uh, there's all this rest of the world where you go oh shit this is awesome the rest of the world's cool and i was playing video games and hearing some music that sounded like what was two years ago on the regular radio i mean we have to not just try to appeal to people we have to make something real and however boring or exciting that is it'll be real and then it'll mean something and then there'll be a tradition and it'll be something that lasts so i think what we need to stay away from is convincing people we're cool and just be like, no, we're not, and we don't know what the hell we're doing, and it'll just happen, and then and it won't. That won't be about us coming up with something or having the answer, because that's the worst. No, I, I get so sick of people giving me answers. Every damn person, including me, I, like <laughs> we all. Oh man, that person said it, articulated it so well, and now I'm going to take this for two weeks and I'll forget about it. I mean, that's just uh, that's not going to last. I'll, I'll, I mean, we're really becoming a society of this last. Uh, our news and our sermons and all this stuff lasts for about two weeks. I mean, how many people go to church here? Tell me what the sermon was about seven months and two weeks ago. What was your sermon about? Maybe somebody will remember here, but I mean, for the most part, you're like, oh, yeah, I was there. 
I went to church. And, and so that if, if and I promise you, everybody said, you got to be here this Sunday because Pastor Steve, man, he's talking about this and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be life changing. And maybe it will be. And I don't want to diminish that. But I mean, it, we need to have a, something real where you're like, it doesn't matter about that. It doesn't matter about the sermon. It doesn't matter about this. We have something real. And then everybody's going to want to be there. I mean, for sure. I know. Yeah, I, I, I just, let's sorry. do another question. We'll do it. We can yeah. only do one or two more here. But uh, first, uh, a statement. What's simply, your name? My name is Joel Mallon, and I'm from Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we drove here tonight because we love you guys Woo! and have Thanks, for a long man. time. So you look uh, like a young Mark Solomon. Thank no, you. No, I thought you looked like the the Joel from the TV show Community. Really? You, yeah. The, you know that TV show that nope, got never watched. Oh, who, okay. Who do sure. you think you look like? Yeah. I, I have face blindness. I don't know what anybody <laughs> yeah. looks like. No. <laughs> Uh, so, first of all, the statement is, I don't think we should be afraid for the church because I believe God is big enough to take care of the church. Um, as far as a question, um, whenever we talk about doing life together and uh, doing that in community, doing it dirty, doing it raw and raunchy and everything else, how do you feel about you just talking about an orgy? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it applies kind of the same. You just throw a bunch of people in a room and, and see what happens. And just do it. Do it. So, just do it. Yeah. So... <laughs> The big question is, um, I see that there are generational gaps because our children are in the children ministry, the youth are in the youth ministry, the young adults are in the young adults ministry, the young people with kids are in this ministry, and then the old people are over there doing their thing. Right. And so people are all segregated, so there's no intergener intergenerational exchange of knowledge, of wisdom, of Christian teaching and stuff that's happening in the church because it is so much easier to be like, uh, to reach homeostasis within your own group to where you're not even worried Wait, about Wait, what does happening. that mean? Like equilibrium. Don't, okay. don't rock the boat, man. So, gotcha. Yeah, equilibrium and stuff. So, I mean, it, do you think there's a benefit of trying to shake that up and say, like, let's make sure that people mingle? Because I want to find out what older people have to say, but our society tells people once you're over 55, you're supposed to retire and keep your mouth shut. Right. So your question is, what's the, like, uh, what do we think about trying to get Say it. Just phrase your question. Well, well, what sense. I heard was something about homo not being in church. <laughs> no, but what's the one? Yeah, say yeah, that again. One, saying, say man, that again in one question. The I'm basic sorry. question is: Do you feel like that is a good model to continue <laughs> following, or is it more beneficial for the church for us to integrate the different generations so that we can benefit each other? So, how should we integrate the generations? First of all. I cannot get out of my head that if you describe a community group, it would sound like a description of an orgy. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you, hey, everybody come over to my house Tuesday night at 630. It's going to get, get real. Dirty and it's going to some, We're going to have gonna somebody watch the kids. It's going to get. Somebody's going to watch the kids, and it's going to get real raw it's and dirty get rough in my living and dirty. room. Is, you can bring no food and barred. drink, but it's going to be, you know. it's We're going to get yeah. transparent in this yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. You're going to see. <laughs> we're going to see each other on a really deep level. It's going to. Yeah. So. <laughs> is that true that like church Christians and like the porn industry just bears a thin line, right? Like between between brother and sister oh, Johnson yeah. and yeah, Steve and Jeannie going yeah. out to for the, yeah. No, I agree. So if your question has to do with intergenerational stuff, yeah, I think the the compartmentalizing of of the, the youth and this and that, that that's probably a mistake because it's not. I mean, it's weird looking at our the philosophies that we do. The more our culture goes to organic and real and stuff like that, it makes those things look sillier. So I think your observation is right. The more we specialize, 
with ministry, maybe that's a, that may be a mistake. I don't have a, any really profound thoughts on it, but it's probably a mistake to uh, specialize and make every group ultra focused on the young professionals and the whatever it is. Probably so. Well, it just makes it seem like the leader of that group has it together, and those people don't. So you, this is we, we're going to get this leader. You go to him, and then he's going to teach you how to live your life. Hey, you know, you know, you love your kids. Bring them here. They're going to draw a picture of Jesus, and then they're going to know about Jesus. We'll we'll handle that that whole relationship thing for you you know you got it you, you have to work and all this stuff you just come to church and we'll do it all and that's just that's not gonna work yeah so all the questions are jumping off the same thing from where we started but let's do one more question it could be about something different let's send it all the way to the back of the room here and let somebody this guy wants to go so if you do it quick enough we'll let the guy beside you so all right make it a two quick. sentence question you got two sentences here two sentences. Okay. Um, your question is my question is <laughs> shit because <laughs> everybody, everybody him likes the long preamble to the question, but we're going to go straight to question. Your question is? My question is, you say as an atheist you're looking for no God. As a Christian you're looking for a God. What about the agnostics kind of there in the middle who want to actually know, is there a God or is there not a fucking God? What the fuck do we do? <laughs> How the fuck do we find? Well, God I think you answered your no question. God. You're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you answered it. <laughs> no. a- Amen. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, so you're, you're asking what's, what's the agnostic to do sort of thing? Yeah. Uh, we want to know, you know, yeah. or some of us want to know. Some of us don't care, but do, like well, me. Well, as like, an like you actually are in pursuit, like a legitimate pursuit of. Uh, something bigger, right? The, yeah, the, the, like the, I legitimately spiritual. just yeah. want to know the truth. You just want to know God? the truth. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you hear these Christians say stuff, you think, well, they're either really dumb and silly, and this is not real, and these atheists maybe they know what's going on, but you you feel ambiguous about what it is, but you're open to whatever it could be. Yes, is, is, I am open. It's it's more like atheists are just as religious as Christians. You find them to be like, super, maybe arrogant and overconfident in their. In their house, strong they are that there is no God. Like something's fishy about that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you hear us talk and you talk about supernatural this and God told me this, that kind of sounds pretty funny too. Well, I mean, it sounds kind of cool, but like, <laughs> I mean, I would like to believe that. You know, I mean, I grew up a Christian, but like over the last four or five years, you know, I'm not so what, much. What anymore. made you? What, like, what's the biggest reason you were like, I I can't go Christian totally still? Were there too many people pouring into you? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's mostly just the argument. You know, atheists have legitimate arguments against, you know, religion. And even, like, there's plenty of science out there to convince me, hey, you know, maybe there is a God. But, like, I... All right, know. well, t- just look at it this way. There are a ton of people that are much smarter than I am that are atheists. And so I respect that. Like they, they understand stuff more than me, and their point of views aren't to be disrespected. I'm not. I don't hate against them, but from their point of view, there there are people that are that are extremely intelligent and way smarter than me that are Christians that believe in biblical inerrancy or whatever. People like C.S. Lewis and all these really people that do write these apologetics books that I'm not that into, but I acknowledge that they understand this stuff on a very much deeper level than I do, and they're they they believe in Jesus. They, they totally do. So it's not a question of whether or not like uh, you, you find out the most information and then make an informed decision. 
Like it, it really is. It, I, the only pursuit you can have, and it's the one that you're on, and I, I respect that, is one for you're looking for truth and you have humility and you're willing to change your opinion. Is that not because you've changed from being Christian to agnostic, right? Yeah. Or inherited Christianity to agnostic. So it sounds to me like you're open-minded, you're willing to change your point of view. And anybody that's willing to change their point of view, that is a good place to be. Because people that don't change their point of view, that's messed up. If you haven't changed your point of view in five years, ten years, six months on anything, you're, you're really wrong about a lot of stuff. So you should be changing your point of view. And I would, I would rest in saying... If you pursue truth, if you look for it, I think you'll find it. And I don't, I don't need to like push you down a path or overly pretend something or convince you of something. I really don't feel the need for that. I trust God that He will do that, and I believe it. And that's all I can say. So I would, I would encourage you to read the philosophy books, read the Bible for what it is, and see what you think about it, and allow the allow people and other stuff that's that's more than you to inform you. And don't get married to your identity and who you are, and just see what comes out. I can, I'm okay with that. Wow, that's that cool. was great, man. Yeah. Last question, and then we're taking a break. Hey, I'm Scott from Chattanooga as well. Woo, go four two three. Um, I uh, I read, I pray every day. I read my Bible every day. I study. Oh, dude, you're a hero. Hero. I, thank you. Yeah, thank you for start, I told starting my your question. That didn't believe me. Um, but I, I tried. Saved to, an orphanage that was on fire. Oh, it was burning oh, down. Gosh. The children were everywhere. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I try to really de- like de- like really pour into the Bible and, and Scripture, and I and I'm I feel like I'm really open to what God wants. I want to be open to what God wants me to do. Right. Yep. But I just don't hear anything. You know, I, I, don't want, I want to be a good servant. I want to go places. I want to do things. And I want God to, like, I just want to be open to that servitude. Mm-hmm. But I just, I pray and I read the Bible, and I just don't feel any call or any specific point of where I should go, where I should be, what uh-huh. I should be doing. And so what, what's your question? I just want to know if there's anything you guys, like, could recommend, maybe, uh, like, if there's a different way I could pray or just something else to open myself up to God talking to me. Pastor Joey, you got 90 seconds to answer this one. I'll just make it simple. I think you may want to start really getting a deeper grasp of just who you are in God and maybe stop trying to figure out what you're supposed to do for him. And, and I don't really, I don't know you, uh, so I don't know your background, but it may be that God just really wants to teach you, hey, you know what, really the only thing that matters to begin with is just who you are in me. And uh, if you don't ever add anything to that, I love you just the same. So I don't know. Can I answer? Do I have 60 seconds? You, yeah, he didn't take that. You got no, 30. You got 30. Okay, 30 seconds. What, what are you looking for? Like, when, I think when people say that, they want this big thing where, like, oh, my gosh, God called me to the mission field or something like that. He's just, what, I mean, what if he's just like, hey, wake up today and go to the coffee shop? Well, I don't got to, like, lead the Egyptians out of, the Israelites out of like Egypt. You know, I don't got to, like, be Moses. Yeah, but, I mean, I, just, I think you're missing it right now. You're doing it. What, I mean, what, you know what you know, I mean? Like, but, I mean, what, what do you want? Like, I think it's, I just it's like, want to feel like what, I just want God to use me as his tool, and I just want to feel like. He yeah, is. I know, but I, <laughs> no, like, no, you don't know that. That's what that's what you're asking. Okay. It's the same thing as like people that believe in past lives. They were always like a prince or you know yeah. the yeah. king of England. So I mean, <laughs> like you're saying, hey man, I, my life. I want to hear. I want to hear God say something unbelievable. And God's talking to us every day, and we well, just don't even miss it. It's not as unbelievable. I just want something. Just I, I just want to have a path. Yeah. It, it could be a small path. That's fine. Yeah, I just, but I mean, the path is is the simplest thing in the world. Help other people. I mean, you have yeah. a neighbor, and I do that. Do you I, have a neighbor that you that. haven't talked to yet. Yeah. Go talk to him. Okay, I will. I'm just, no, I mean, seriously, like, I mean, 
I know that sounds it sounds like I'm I'm being condescending. I'm being serious. Like, I mean, you have people within a hundred yard radius of you that are just being destroyed inside, and you could just say, hey. And you did something. I mean, it, it, like, it doesn't have to be this epic thing. Like, I think sometimes, I mean, Jesus, there was tons of times where he had to take a dump or just go pee or just, he was like, oh, man, I got to heal this lady over here. Cool. Okay. And he does, I mean, it's like, uh, or just going to hang out with a guy that's going to kill me or whatever it might be. I mean, just, I think if, when you're doing stuff, don't negate that God's doing something. I mean, like, I feel like your question starts with God's not talking to me. I can't hear him. So what can I do to make him get a little, turn up his volume? And, and I think it's as loud as possible with the things that are happening right now, because, but those don't seem as attractive or as exciting or as God spoken. I mean, it's way worse to hear God go, Hey, go to the coffee shop and today leave a two dollar tip for the start barista. a podcast yeah, and yeah. speak to the youth. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you, it sounds better to say, yeah, go to the countries and spread the gospel to the world. I mean, that sounds amazing, but I mean, that's not that's not what my I mean, my daily life. The more than this podcast, for sure, more than Emory or more than anything I've ever done is literally just kind of get over myself and talk to somebody for a little bit. Yeah. For yeah, sure. don't, don't worry about your legacy or who you are, like as far as I mean, you don't have to over dramatize or because that's make about you being this awesome person that left yeah. something. You, I guarantee you have a ton of responsibilities that you know God has given you that you're operating at some percentage of not a hundred percent. So that's okay. He's put plenty in front of you to do. And, that's and fair. or God doesn't exist and you're totally alone. Yeah. Okay. What it is. Sure. Moving on. All right. We're going to take a break and do some music. Sound yeah. good to you? Is it, you guys ready for some music? Is that cool? All right. Okay. Okay. Today's first music sponsor is Denton, Texas band. Least of these. Let's see what you think of their song called temple bodies. It's the single from their brand new record, which you can buy now on iTunes. Sometimes I need you to come and flip the table on the inside. I take all the good you give and sell it to build up my pride. That was Temple Bodies by Least of These. The brand new record, Mere Image, is out now on Pando Records. You can find more from them at wearelot.com. That's wearelot.com. Or at facebook.com, we are least of these. And if you like what you heard, head over to iTunes and buy the record today. All right, guys, our second music sponsor is a band that you all heard on last week's episode. They're called The Grandfather. I think we all had grandfathers at some point. Some died before we were born. Some are still alive, and some are really mean. Some are sweet old men. But let's check out another clip from their brand new song, October. Are you down the line inside your head? Are 
That's a clip of the song October by The Grandfather. Their new record, 1222, will be out in March. If you like these guys, you're in luck, and we'll have more from them next week. Make sure you check them out at facebook.com forward slash The Grandfather Band. Check them out today. Everybody take all their clothes off, and we're going to just party right now. We're going, we're going small group style I mean, real quick. All right? Let's, let's just do it. Let's get what – what were the words you used, Joel? Joel, you said raunchy, dirty, filthy, shameful, disgusting, Perverted. nasty. All right. Let's bring it up. Let's Heretical. take it back. Let's do this one more time. Nashville, make some noise. That's all right. That's let's, actually yeah, Let's bring right. up a kick-ass guest. We're sorry about the music. We shouldn't have done it. Yeah, we blew it. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> that, that, that. That bummed everybody out, that emo bullshit. You guys give it up for Aaron Lunsford. <laughs> you look super excited. I mean, How are you doing? Good, okay. Man. Who are you? That's the first question. <sighs> what are you? What do you mean? <laughs> so what, what are you? All right. So I, I have to tell everybody. Yeah. You already know who I am. No. Does anybody know who this is? Hey. Oh, we got a okay. couple of people. What's his last name? Lunsford. Who is it? Yeah. That's wow. right. You didn't Let, have to say it. Somebody knows who you are. Let this me say is first. the drummer for the legendary second, one of the second largest screamo bands as Cities Burn has joined <laughs> us for tonight. I can't tell you how happy I am that Joey is not a fan of our band, so I don't have to answer <laughs> have to any, hear any questions. fucking questions. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's uh, it's so funny too because uh, when Toby said that's Aaron Sprinkle, I was like, dang it, I had a fanboy question and I I didn't get my opportunity, man. Oh, uh, well, but okay, yeah, so here we have is Aaron Lunsford. He's the drummer for As Cities Burn. And the other notable thing that Aaron's done that's way more important than that is he's worked for Emory for years and years. Um, he he was been our tour manager. He's traveled with Emory as we've been on tour for uh, tons mm-hmm. of time. So that's actually a, a much bigger accomplishment than your than actually. Yeah. I might have made more money doing that. You probably made more money doing that. Yeah. Is this the one that you said was a worthless piece of shit, Toby? No, the Aaron Lunsford? No, I didn't. Oh, a different Aaron yep. Lunsford? Okay. No, Aaron's one of the best. Take your medication. Yeah, get some medication. You were awesome when you were on your medication. <laughs> so Aaron's a great tour manager for us because he, he gets the one principle of tour management that's the most important thing, and that is don't really worry about anything except taking care of Matt and Toby, making sure their cooler has Budweiser in it, and make sure the ice is there early so that how did you pick that up so quickly because every tour manager we've ever had has been slack on that they've got all the details they got all their spreadsheets right but the beer isn't cold so how did you figure out that that's the main I thing guess i guess i can only say great minds think alike yeah. yeah thank you I, I wanted the beer to be cold too <laughs> as soon as possible so it like i remember that when i started tour manager for y'all y'all had peter Pizza mm-hmm. was doing it on an Under Oath August Burns Red tour. That's right. Yeah. And it seemed like that type of thing was kind of falling through the cracks. Yeah. I was like, well, I guess I could probably get this job if I just get them beer. Yeah. You got the job. <laughs> it's cold. And you did. Yeah. You did it. That actually worked. Yeah. No, I'm brilliant. Not I, I remember one night I got y'all like another case of free beer from Brent Oakley. Yeah. And y'all were like, Whoa. Who's this dude? Wow. Who's hero? Give him this job. I know. Let's pay this guy. My God. All right. So let's back up to As Cities Burn. Why, why, with so many people want more music from you guys, do you not make it? Why wouldn't you make more music for the people that want it? What's the damn problem? I don't know. I mean, you're looking at the guy who didn't want the band to break up. I got nothing else going on. 
Might as well just kept doing Ad City's Burn, right? Well, who's the bad guy? Why can't we? Why can't we get any more music from you guys? I don't know. I guess Cody. <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs> you don't yeah. want to say. It. Yeah. <laughs> Cody is all right. So y'all have been on tour with us. We've had many conversations in the bus where y'all trying. We've to shared a bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to convince us to do another record for yes. all these business reasons right. or whatever, you know. Yep. Cody, how really many people hit- would want another Ass City's Yeah, how many right people here? That's, that's your answer. That's your answer right there. Cody is a true artist, I think, where if he doesn't feel like writing an Ass City's Burn record, he can't do it. Uh-huh. So, which I would ask you, I mean, do you feel like writing Emory records? Or do you just do it? Hmm. hmm. That sounded... I'm a dick. I didn't mean... <laughs> no, I just meant, like, from no, another but, band perspective. Well, I, you know how Cody is. Uh, like, yeah. you can't just say, Cody, just write an Ad City's Burn well, record. Well, I, I think for us at this point, too, we don't look at it only as emotion. Or yeah. it, it, that would seem silly to do it that way. Well, I, I yeah. feel the same way. I yeah. would just play the drums. Right. I don't care what it's called. Right. I would just do it because that's fun. Right. There's something about it in, intrinsically just to just do yeah. it. Like you just, it's but, not like I'm going to choose today because today's Tuesday. I'll write music or right. something. But that's like, got to be harder when, like, for instance, from your point of view, when you're the lead singer and the music has to be about you and you have to tell, you know, sing these songs and make them about you, that, that has to be harder, right? So you, do you understand his point of view more than Aaron or I would? Yeah, but I, I guess to be honest, I think it, – and I love Cody, and so I mean I really do know how an amazing person he is, and then also an amazing musician. But I do think for me, uh, I do feel some kind of responsibility of just like, well, I mean we put out music, and if people want that music, why wouldn't I do it? And I'm going to do it if if I'm going to do it, I'm just going to do it the best I can, well, and hope that's that that they would want it. And well, if they don't, some, then I'll quit. Well, that's something I've always liked about hanging out with y'all that you look at things in that way. Because it's very frustrating to hang out with somebody who doesn't. Well, you know, yeah, something you know. I've done before, and this is totally honest. I've thought, well, Cody isn't writing any more music. And people think- wish they had more music of Cody's. So sometimes when I sit down and have written music that we've put out, songs on our new record even, I thought, if Cody were writing music, what would it sound like? And then I make that occur. Because there's no competition. He ain't doing it. So I, don't, <laughs> I just write in the style of Cody Bonnet. Well, we have, you know, like and half. I write. I've written songs that way. I thought if As Cities Burns wrote a song, it would be like this. So I'll just write this, and I'll have Toby sing on it, and that'll be a home run. Well, that's yep. the funny thing I was telling y'all at lunch today. We have half an EP written or recorded, but it's just I don't think it's, it'll ever get done. No one's not for As Cities Burn yeah. for a different band. We like to just write new music and change the name of the band every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, As Cities Burn, Hawk Boy. Yep. Like whatever, so so when you joined that city's burn though, it was really fun. And everybody was just on fire, and, and yeah, what, what yeah, was no, it like? We you were, were like, telling me about it today, like shows where y'all didn't even no, we were like at the crowd or what? yeah, like everybody like played backwards. We all dyed our hair black. <laughs> like they wouldn't look at the like people in the show. Yeah, they would turn their back, throw our guitars, throw the guitar into the crowd, and it was know. fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, no, we all dropped out of college and like. We're right. Like, let's let's go get a record deal. So when is it when does it not become? That's what I'm saying. Like when does it become? Oh well, this is something real. I have to make it more real. I don't know. Like because I mean, slinging your guitar around, you're not going to do forever. But that right. is fun as hell. Well, I I can only speak. I mean, from my perspective, I wanted it to be real. I was okay with making money and being on a big tour. I thought that was better. Like to me, I was like, yeah, you keep getting better and better and more professional. Yeah. But I think I don't know what happened. We weren't. We weren't very organized. Yeah. As far as 
Cody the leader? Just, uh, Who, who's no, the everybody. Guy? I don't know. Or you each had roles? Yeah, we just all had roles. Cody was the artistic vision. Are you all still friends? Yeah, I'd say Cody is yeah. one of my closest friends. Colin, sure. everybody. Right? Yeah, we yeah. all talk, yeah. Continue to talk. Now, something that people don't know is when you were tour managing with us, and this is I, we were talking about this today, I do believe this is a I believe this is a center uh, point of your life and a, and a changing point of your life. Where Aaron, the hell is Matt going? He had, he's got to drain right. the lizard. Uh, no blood. Um, so Aaron is our tour manager. We're in Omaha, and we get together with all the whole tour gets together and says, we're going to play baseball together. We play baseball. We're playing a baseball game. You're playing second. Shortstop. Shortstop. Right? And Shortstop. I'm third. I'm you on third. third. Yeah. And I'm ba- I'm terrible at baseball. You, you you love baseball, played baseball back in the day. Aaron, I miss the ball. The ball's hit between second and third. In the gap. Yeah, in the gap. The hole. A- the Aaron hole. turns to grab the baseball as it's trying to shoot by us. And when he does, I promise you, this is exactly what I heard. And then I, I immediately tried to talk myself out of it. I heard a, a tree, maybe, I don't know, say three or four inches in diameter, a tree break in half. That's what I heard. And then what happened to you? I broke my femur. Yeah. <laughs> so Run, Aaron, yeah. Running. Yeah, yeah, just running. And so was, I know it was unbelievable, and I tried to immediately talk myself God. out of it. I mean, the, I'm like sick even talking about it. I know. Every it time was, I talk about it, it was unbelievable. and then everybody's going, oh. God. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, I mean, femurs nobody, are hard. Nobody thinks it's funny yeah. at all. Yeah, femur is the strongest, hardest bone in your body. And I immediately went, no, nah, it's just it's just tendons. I didn't hear that. No, it's not that big. I mean, it sounded exactly like a tree in a tornado breaking or something like that. And then, so two things are, one is that your body is just as shitty as Joey's. <laughs> it's just awful. <laughs> Playing baseball and your femur <laughs> breaks. Two... We all tried to talk Lunsford out of his femur being broken <laughs> mentally. Hey, your femur's not broke, dude. It's not that big of a deal. You don't. We're not going to call an ambulance or anything well, it like wasn't that. Even like it wasn't a fracture. It was yeah. a break. Yeah, like it, broken in half. Right. Like, here's your the X ray. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Totally. So here's what's hilarious. There's all these. There was a Canadian band with us too, and they're like, call an ambulance because they're all their healthcare is totally free. Yeah, Canadians. Yeah. Like, go, call an Canadians, man. Yeah, no. They're like, call an ambulance. Well, what's the big deal? And we're like, no, it's like thousands of dollars if it's just some tendons or whatever. Thirty thousand so, yeah, dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so on our bus during that tour as well, for several tours, we ran a casino on in our bus with a craps table, and we do like penny 15 cent yeah. bets or whatever yeah. and j- just to have fun on the bus or whatever and so we loaded up Lunsford on the craps table and put him in the back of a van and I can still remember so <laughs> <laughs> that's what this, this, I mean, this is, this is the worst America. fucking day of my life I know like, seriously it was I mean, terrible it was just awful I mean, it was totally awful. So we're in the in the van with this band. It was Jake was driving, and you came. Yep. You came yeah, with and me. I said I'll go with Lunsford, and that was the worst mistake of my life because Lunsford's laying on our craps table, just like in shorts and just you know his shirts up, and I can see his belly button, and he's just his leg is just in agony. Every bump of the road is unbearable pain. I mean, imagine you breaking your femur right now, and there's for one hour there is no pain medication or anything. Zero, and then you're in a shitty tour van in the back of it with tour guys driving. And I've never in my life, I promise you, 
ever in my life heard somebody use profanity that way. I, I, I mean, not like, you know what I mean? When, when people say, oh, profanity, that's coarse, and we shouldn't say it. Somebody, it wasn't that. It was, it was pain incarnate in verbiage, in words. I mean, it was just saying, I mean, it was, it was the worst stuff I'd ever heard. But in the middle of that, I'm laying there screaming, and Toby goes, <laughs> Toby goes, Aaron, Man, I know you don't want to hear this right now, but I really think this. <laughs> I really think this is the best possible thing that could happen to you. I felt, I know, <laughs> it really was a spiritual moment for me. I know it sounds crazy. But I really fit. I know it sounds crazy. I felt like I felt the Holy Spirit saying this is going to be a turning point for Aaron, and I chose the worst possible time to tell you. <laughs> Aaron's like, motherfucking man, holy shit. And Jake Ryan is just driving. I mean, we're driving a van less than a mile an hour. The, the, the hospital is three miles away. It took us 30 minutes to get there. And we're just driving. He's cussing. And I, I don't how know. about when you got in the hospital? At, you were cussing at the nurses oh, and everything. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they, did, they thought I was being a, like a... Yeah, you can say pussy. They thought I was being a pussy. Yeah. Because they didn't think your leg, nobody yeah, yeah. thought your leg was so broken. So they told me, we but got you to the hospital. Yelling, Don't you fucking touch yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to the hospital, like, you got to pull yourself out with your good leg. And I'm like, what the <laughs> no, was like, where oh are my we? Gosh. Are we and in then, And then they got some security guards to try to, like, pick me up out of the van. Don't and, touch and, me. And, yeah, yeah, they started picking. <laughs> it was fucking yeah, terrible. Yeah, I know. It was, it was awful. So, but then you... But One of y'all told me that breaking your femur is almost impossible, right? I it's mean, like, it's really hard. It was an anomaly. Yeah. Because I, I don't Ouch. have anything wrong with my, the doctor. He came in, he was like, or after the surgery, he was like, well, you're. Bone's fine. He's like, it just happened. He, he said when he came in, he, he, he said when they called him and said there's an adult, you know, 28-year-old yeah, yeah, man. had bone cancer. And they called him yeah. in because he had a, a broke a femur just running around on a yeah, baseball the orthopedic field. He says, yeah. like, I'm going to get there. I'm going to find out there's something yeah, really has cancer. bone cancer yeah. or he's going to die. Yeah, and then he d- they do the surgery. He's this British guy. Cool as hell, you know. Yeah, he was awesome. Yeah. I remember meeting him. You were in the room, yeah. yeah. And it, after oh, the man, surgery, it was the worst yeah. though when I saw the x-ray and it was just the bone was just side by side. Well, remember was, when they had to set my leg? Oh, God, yes. I remember looking over and you were just terrified. Oh, it was awful. At that, at so that point, my leg they have was like, up? the way I fell down, my yeah. leg was like that. Yeah. So they're like, we got to set your leg. So that means they got to that yeah. and that. Yeah. And that was... It was, un- yeah, it was just I bone mean, on this, bone. This, this, I didn't know why we're talking like about that. it. Yeah, I mean, did they have you drugged up by that point? Well... So when I got there, they gave me some weak ass shit. Yeah, because they thought, yeah, they thought I, they still thought I was being a pussy. Yeah, and then they like got the X-rays back. They're like, here's some ibuprofen. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's pretty. It was like fentanyl, Baby which Tylenol. isn't that good. And then finally, they gave me morphine eventually. Yeah, but they didn't think a 27 year old or however old. And, and so we played that night in Kansas City. Yeah, you went ahead. We and went played. and played our show that night in Kansas City, and then what happened the next day? The next day? Yeah, I had went home. We, we, we took left. off. Yeah, y'all we, took we off. Yeah, we took y'all off left and went on to Denver. My mom came to Omaha to pick me up. Yeah, and, Omaha. That's where we were. Yeah, and I went home. Yeah, yeah. so, so my, my point was, and I still believe that it to be true, at that moment, I, I mean, you were going through a bad marriage breakup. Mm, so we won't talk yeah. about that. We don't but, have time. But, yeah, we don't have the time to go there. But, so, you're on your second marriage now. <laughs> But what I thought was awesome with that is you were able to go back home and work on that marriage in a sense of you really did try to make it work. And I felt like you were able to uh, 
give it your all or be free from that because it was really yeah. it was really bad. I mean, your your personal life at that time was, was really the bad. lowest, probably the lowest part of your life. Yeah. You have to admit before yeah, yeah. the bone broke. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 maybe. Well, so here's what's really funny about you saying the best thing that could ever happen to you. Okay. Whenever my wife now, so I went out to California, San Diego, because I'll move into California. Right after the leg. Yeah, I was still and, limping. Yeah. Like I had crutches still. And so I go to the show that my band or my uh, buddies are playing. And Cassie, my wife now, she walks into the show. And I'm like, damn, you know? Like, yeah. Fine. Yeah, fine. Yeah. And so she sits down and we start talking. And I'm like, so what do you do? And she's like, well, I work uh, in x ray. And I was like, Oh, I got a little icebreaker here. Yeah. Showed her a picture of my femur. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and, show, yeah. And now I got. You were married one week later. Uh, yeah, no. not quite. <laughs> no, she rejected me a few times. Yeah. But now we got two kids, so I yeah. guess that's. So you just had your second kid. How long ago? Six weeks. So you met Six your weeks. new wife through your X-ray. So Toby yep. predicted it correctly. No, it's amazing, and I don't typically believe. Well, I don't know. In God? Yeah, yeah not really. <laughs> yeah. I, y'all, so the whole time I've been listening to all the podcasts, and uh-huh. the time I'm like, I would definitely be the shittiest Christian they could possibly have on there if they would just give me a chance. <laughs> <laughs> so like, You should start a shitty Christian podcast. Yeah. <laughs> For the people way no, but, out there. Yeah, yeah, Toby prophesized this is the best thing that's ever going to happen to you. And then it kind of happened. The so. lowest point of your life, Toby tells you, this is like the best possible thing. Yeah. So I was right, but I and, just and picked you the actually, worst possible time to tell you. Yeah. And you actually, <laughs> looking waited. back on it, think he was right. No, I tried to call him uh, a few times a few months later, and he would, wouldn't ever pick up the phone. And yeah. I remember I sent you a text, or I left you a voicemail. I was like, if you don't fucking pick up the phone, I'm going to kill your whole fucking family. <laughs> and you still never call me back. And then when I went back on tour with y'all, like, six months later, I was like, Toby, you're not, like, mad about that, are you? Like, that <laughs> time I said... That was gonna kill your oh, family. You thought, uh, oh, yeah. no! I thought you yeah. were like, no, I wouldn't get mad at that. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, but looking to get a massive mix without the massive price tag, then check out SOS Studios. They'll bring your songs to the next level at an affordable rate. Money should never stand in the way of making your music sound amazing. Whether you're looking to mix a full-length rock album or your next Electronica single, SOS Studios has experience mixing a wide range of genres. Visit their website today at www.sosstudiosmixing.com. That's www.sosstudiosmixing.com to learn more. And as a special offer for Bad Christian listeners, SOS Studios is offering 15% off of your online orders by entering the code BADCHRISTIAN during checkout. Again, check them out at SOSstudiosmixing.com and use the code BADCHRISTIAN for 15% off. SOS Studios. Hear your songs as they were meant to be heard. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what it was, but I, did, I mean, I do know what it was. I thought it was the Lord or the Holy Spirit. I guess was what I would say, but it was just the most. It was the strangest thing. Hearing somebody's femur break just put me into a weird like. 
ethereal state of like, I can't believe that that happened. I mean, I promise my immediate reaction was defense mode because I couldn't accept it. Like, and then when we were riding there, I was just like, wait, this something is happening here. This is absurd. It's too it's so much. To it's be. so much that I just couldn't handle it. And there's and then the amount of profanity just led. This is all the Lord. I got to give this to Jesus right now, or else it's over. So, yeah, for sure. And then and that's so that's what I think is awesome. I, I mean, honestly. It, it it did work out like the, the some of the greatest things in your life have, have come from that. And yeah. so now you have two kids, yeah, happily married or at least medium. I mean, yeah, it's good. Yeah, you know, marriage. And well, so, that's great. And so you're still loving music and just gonna be a huge drummer still. I don't know, man. Or you don't care? Are you over the music thing? No, I'm not. Well, I'm over the music business. Uh huh. Which I like tour managing y'all, but well, I obviously you, didn't like managing your band. No, no, no. You were our manager for a while, and you yeah, didn't like that. I didn't like that. So. Yeah, music business no good. Maybe playing drums in the future. Well, so sure. I've gotten to a point where, I, for for a long time, I thought, oh, you need to to be professional and to be responsible. You got to be in some sort of business, you know. Right. And I think in the past few months, I've been like, well, you're good at drums. I think maybe so. Maybe we should just keep doing that. Now your drums so. are killer. You really are. You're a killer drummer. You're a good husband. You're a good dad. And oh, I think I your whole family that. is awesome. And I mean that I, sincerely. I, like that I can be sincere, and I do mean that. I think your wife's awesome. I was telling Toby about that today. I think she's great. Well, whenever she came out on tour with Emery, I wish yeah. she was, she, she, she was awesome. there for a week, and she left, and you're like, well, what, you what's the problem? What's like, the hang? Yeah, yeah, lock that down. Yeah, yeah that was great. So yeah, I did. Yeah, so, fortunately. Awesome. All right, Aaron. Thank you for being on the show. You can stay up here during the news if you want. Yeah, like yeah. Now for the feature of the show, we're going to move on to the most important part of our entire night, and we're going to invite you to hang out and stay. We're going to do news. In a world where you think, man, all my friends' bodies are the shittiest bodies that could ever be, my name's Toby, and this is the damn news. It's the damn news. So today I got a lot of good news, and and Matt and Joey want me to do more serious news. So no, I don't care. I like the light I, I, stuff. Well, now but I got the serious. Do it news. where like people hide stuff in their buttholes. And yeah, stuff less like that. vagina sculptures. Yeah, that sort of thing. Well, I got all serious stuff though. I, I, I don't really have the anything about dildos Just or vaginas. Dildos or, or buttholes, whatever uh, it is you do. How about this? This isn't funny though. This is still a really bad one. All, right. all these are. I don't really have any funny. Y'all been challenging me to have more more news that you know you guys could really that comment really hits on. Home. Yeah, and so I did, and now you okay. don't want it. You guys are your your job bitches. is to deliver the truth. That's all. Basically, my first one is a man yells a man. A man asks his girlfriend, is she ready for abortion before he hits her with his car? (laughs) (laughs) You guys are messed up. You guys are... (laughs) This comes from the Huffington Post. A Florida man was arrested Monday after police say he intentionally hit his seven-months pregnant girlfriend with his car. Good Lord. Aaron Lunsford, 33. (laughs) (laughs) Justin Colby, 33, allegedly called Crystal Nordson, who was 32, and asked, Hey, are you ready for your abortion date? <laughs> Moments before slamming into her with his Dodge Charger. 
An arrest report states that the couple had gotten into a verbal argument that resulted in Nordheisen walking out of their home in Pasco County. She was walking on the shoulder of the road waiting for a ride when Colby called her. Surveillance footage from the scene allegedly shows Colby hitting his girlfriend with a vehicle, then crashing into a pole, said the Tampa Bay Times. He allegedly got out of his car, returned to their home without assisting his girlfriend, and then drove off. Colby is charged with attempted murder and attempted murder of an unborn child. Neuheisen only suffered minor injuries, thank God. So, uh, yeah. What do y'all want to talk Tell about? Tell me what city that's in again. That it's, was in Tampa. Florida's got a lot of wild stuff that goes on there. But what it reminds me of is last time I was here in Nashville, I was hanging out with Aaron Lunsford. So we came right. and we hang out with Lunsford and his family. We, me and my wife and him and his wife, we went downtown. And, we, and when we did that, they had this abortion protest. Do you remember that? Yep. I and they had that. these signs up in downtown Nashville. And it was like fetuses and stuff like mangled and destroyed from abortions and it was it was horrifying like it was completely terrible like it was really offensive and then i was thinking well that's so messed up that they would be that obnoxious and do that and then i thought i guess that's their whole point is they're trying to show yeah because this super that's super crazy and messed up and what i don't understand about abortion and and adoptions and all those things truthfully is there's so much with Adoption and so many people that would want those babies. And even when you have a, a kid or a baby, you can you can give it away like at any time. There's a black yeah. market for babies. Babies are something that people want. So that yeah, to me that's commodity. a big deal. And so here's what I'm thinking would be a way to handle that is like I think having kids I have a kid, I think is really hard. And so really what I think you need to do is like uh I think there needs to be this thing where like let's just assume Nobody wants kids. And so if you want to keep your kid, then you have to go, like, fill out a form and say, you know what? I'm going to keep this kid. Because this, I mean, it's rough having a kid. And if you don't want it, it's fine. Just give it away. So you can drop them off at the fire station. You can do whatever you want to do. So I'm saying let's just start with the default position. Like, yeah, of course you don't want kids. It's a nightmare. But there's other yeah. people that want them. So if you want to keep your kids, you got to go down and fill out a thing just to keep them every year is what I'm yeah. thinking. <laughs> I, I like it. I did think it was interesting, though, like the, the, in, in this article, it says he was actually charged with it is a crime, an attempted murder of an unborn child. That's mm-hmm. an actual crime. And that like that idea, like I was like, oh, I mean, you can be th- there is a baby inside of a female and you can attempt to murder it. And that could be a crime like just that thought. I'm going to leave it right there. But I did just think that was interesting. That's actually a law. I mean, you think that's hypocritical? Do I? Yeah, yeah. me personally, yeah, sure. I, I think abortion is killing somebody, and I think it's probably one of the hardest decisions. I don't think any male, female and male together, uh, especially uh, obviously just a female on her own, makes that decision lightly. But, I mean, it is interesting that somebody could attempt to murder a child in a womb. Well, it's crazy, too, because, like, if a woman ever dies and she's pregnant, they make a big deal of, Two deaths, yeah. you know. So. Well, it's just interesting our our the way we word that in certain situations and not. But I don't want to make light of that's a tough situation oh, yeah. and what that is. I don't, you know, I would would never want to shame someone. But I just I'll leave that there that that's actually a, an actual crime, to, an attempted murder of somebody in a womb. Uh, this one's another serious one. Sorry, guys. Male victims of campus sexual assault speaks out. So this is like being a male getting raped mm-hmm. on campus. I thought this was kind of interesting. Um, 
It was and <coughs> this comes from the Health Foods Post as well. It was Andrew's sixth night uh, of his freshman year at Brown University when he was assaulted by a male student in his dorm bathroom. When Andrew uh, brought on, on and the, and when he brought when Andrew brought on campus charges, his assailant was expelled. From the school, unlike myriad students who report mishandled cases, he thought that this was really good and the school handled it really well. Um, but then he found out that that guy had, had actually done it several times before. So uh, Andrew decided to tell his story um, and just he said it's time to include male survivors' voices, uh, and we are up against a system that was that's not designed to help us. In the early hours of September fifth, two thousand eleven, Andrew, who asked that his last name be withheld was up late excitedly chatting with his hallmates in Keeney Quad, one of the two main freshman housing units. Jumping from room to room, Andrew admired the variety uh, of displays his classmates had on their walls. In his room, Andrew had put up an Art Deco travel poster and a screen print. Of, oh, this is kind of bullshit. I don't give a shit about this stuff. This is uh, really boring uh, I know. This is a terrible. Action. Sorry. Around 5 a.m., his classmates returned to their rooms while Andrew headed to the communal bathrooms to brush his teeth. Halfway down the hall, a male student he didn't recognize passed him. Not thinking much of it, Andrew entered the bathroom and began to wash his hands. A knock on the door surprised him. The bathroom required a dorm key, so anyone who lived in the building should have been able to get inside. Andrew opened the door, and it was the same student he had seen in the hall. Andrew went back to the, st- the sink, and s- the student approached him. You're hot, Andrew remembers him saying. The student propositioned him, but Andrew politely declined. Nobody has to know, the student said. He came up behind Andrew, grabbed his crotch, and moved him into the bathroom stall frozen Andrew protested but did not fight back scared of what would happen if he did for 15 minutes the stranger assaulted him is it like is it like uh, Lloyd Christmas and Seabass <laughs> that is my exact point <laughs> Everybody doesn't give a shit that this happened to this guy. <laughs> if this is a girl, everybody. But every, when it's a guy, what, what, I want the crowd to tell me what you think about that. Is your? I mean, what what do you guys think? You think the guy was just smaller and he did get manhandled, or do you think he invited it in some? What do you think? Yeah, what do you think? I don't think that necessarily. I think that anybody. Why didn't he just fight back? Any girl that was in that same situation might also fight back. I mean, it's natural to be scared in that situation, whether you're male or female, but I think that anybody would fight back. So he's worse than a girl. That's right. No. (laughs) What's your name? My name's Tom. And this is victim blaming with Tom. Yeah. Everybody. So very good. Thank you, Tom. No, but my point in this story was I don't know if people really do care as much if, about a guy being raped. Is that is that true? Is, is there, there any mention? Anybody, I mean, of course it, it's true. People don't care, right? No, like, they or don't they care. don't maybe necessarily believe it naturally. Well, or or you make a sea bass joke immediately. Yeah. You didn't make. You, if this would have been a girl story about this, a female story, I don't think we would have done because we'd gone. This is really serious, and this and this. And I'll I think, be honest, mate. Maybe it's the. I, I was maybe a little, it's the drugs. I was a little taken back of the. Um, gestures uh comic gestures of it not you, not you, not offended like i wasn't mad at lunsford or, or matt but i was like whoa are we taking something too far i mean it's a dude that got raped he said i was just there any remember- mention of like threatening like with a gun like i'm gonna kill you or because I, I think that's why a lot of females don't fight back because they're afraid of their lives because usually the rapist is just like i'll kill you if you say something i mean do you think there was anything like that the well the only thing it says is the guy uh, the guy that did it kept saying i have a kidney stone and suffer from depression <laughs> other than that 
He said, that's why I'm doing I don't know. They never called him. Um, <laughs> the, guy, the guy says, I just remember focusing on the stall door, knowing that he was between me and my escape. When the assault was over, the assailant just left. So I do believe this guy, Andrew here, believes this, and it was totally real. And so I would say it's more almost like the guy mentally dominated him as well. Like he was just like, there is no escape, and you're yeah. going to do this. But I just I do think when, when it's changed, the sex is changed to a male, I think we all think less of it. Yeah, like, right. he, like he's yeah, a absolutely. pussy. He shouldn't have let it happen. Yeah, like yeah. maybe he should. Have, why wouldn't he fight back? Anybody would fight back. That's my. That's that's me too. Like why wouldn't he fight back? I mean, what do you what do you have to lose? What and I mean, it went on for fifteen minutes. Like it was like I mean, what did it? I don't even want to say what I'm thinking right now. All right. Anyway, so man, I'm I'm, sucks, I'm never man. doing y'all's type of news. What? To tie the two together. The yep. Abortion thing and that, and, and I don't want to open a whole other can of worms, but there's there's somewhat of a balance that happens sometimes with the sensitivity of male and female. With the abortion topic tied in with this, uh, when when a, wo- a woman is celebrated in certain circles and certain ideologies when she chooses to have an abortion, that the freedom to have that choice to have that she's celebrated, but the the guy that created the baby with her, if he doesn't want to be a father, he's a dead. Yeah. So that's an imbalance there too, yeah. where it's like there's not a there's not a sympathy for a guy that chooses like I'm not ready to be a father either, but if he pieces out like. He's a terrible human. Yeah, and then the flip side of that is we know somebody who, you know, who wanted to keep the baby, but the, the female won't have the abortion, but he doesn't get a say in that. And that's another imbalance that happens, too. Right. So I, I don't know how, how you solve that or whatever, but, we, you know, we know that a female, if she decides that she doesn't want to have a baby, she can. And no matter what the guy says, I mean, it's going to be up to her. He can't. He doesn't have any legal standing. Yeah, because some of it has to do with just wanting to be pregnant or not, not necessarily yeah. being a mom. It's like... Having to go through the process, it obviously, I mean, we have, we have two ourselves, and it, she, doesn't, she didn't love the process. You know, it's a hard process. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of it. It's just that you're not wanting to go through the nine months of what you have to go through in order to even have the child, much less the actual birth process. I think the, I mean, I mean, I, this is where we're at, but I think the abortion issue is, the, is like the least... Uh, I think it's the one of the more clear ones. Like I, I, I can get super relativistic about what things are in Christianity or whatever, but that one I, I just don't understand it. That one's the one that's the hardest for me to swallow personally. If I'm going to be totally honest, that's the one where I can understand this. I can understand you not understanding this about my faith or my belief or whatever. That one is the hardest one to swallow. It's the one that I think it won't last. I don't think, I think eventually I think we'll see it as a crime and something that's really bad. I really think eventually it'll make more sense. Like I think most stuff is going to just go the way the culture is going. That one, I don't, I don't feel so from kind of a humanistic standpoint. Yeah. People will be like, this isn't right. Yeah. Really. I think it may in 50 or hundred years seem more barbaric. Yeah. Whereas I think gay marriage is going the way it's going. There's a million things that are going the way it's going. That's fine with me. Well, take what This you, one actually feels different to me. Take what you just, just said. And I do agree. I, this is not devil's advocate, but take what you just said. And then what about a rape victim? What about, um, incest? Like, do you see that as a qualifier just from a standpoint of you get it more than in that situation? Like, would you say, okay, that I could understand why somebody would do that or I honestly, no, I don't under, I, I don't even in that sense. I think adoption is awesome. A million people want to adopt. And I mean, you know, I, I, I feel it's a wonderful thing when somebody delivers a baby and gives it up for adoption. Yeah. That's a hero to me. That's not like you're a bad mother. I think you're a hero for, for doing it. Right. That's just me. 
tell me what you got. This we got it. You got a bum out. out. We're all kind of sad, and everybody's like, "Shit, I wish this was over." So we're almost there. Take us home. All right, let's bring it home. Fake butt doctors plead guilty. <laughs> Florida again. Yep. Here we go. Hopefully this Florida couple has corrupted their last keister. Bogus butt doctors Samala and Pedro Hernandez pleaded guilty to practicing medicine without a license Thursday. NBC Miami reports that Hialeah, Florida couple will serve two years of house arrest with permission to leave for work plus payment of restitution. The couple were arrested back in December after an investigation revealed they ran an illegal clinic out of their home. There they gave clients posterior injections of a dangerous silicone-based solution imported from Colombia that is banned in the United States because it has been found to cause cancer. Local 10 reported at the time one of their clients tipped off the detectives when the implant and when the implants that the Hernandezes gave her became deformed and sensitive. The couple's lawyer insisted that most of the couple's clients were satisfied with the procedures, even though they were illegal. Most people were like, man, this is awesome. Yeah, I love it. I got a deal and my butt looks so hot. Uh, of the hundreds of patients, only one person came forward to complain, said the lawyer. Everyone else was satisfied with their posteriors. So this goes back to my what we were talking about today, because we've been talking to joy about alternative ways of helping depression alternative ways of doing stuff and these people were just like i'm just gonna do this and make your butt look awesome and it'll be i'm gonna buy one cheek get one free and here we go well all they got was house arrest yeah i know they didn't even get in that big a trouble so i would think about this way like let's just say for some people house arrest isn't that bad like you know you and i we go out we tour we're you know it would be kind of bad but think about your wife like if she did like a money laundering thing or something yeah. really lucrative like fake plastic surgery and her sentence was house arrest, not so bad. Yeah, I know. She didn't ever go out of the house hardly anyway. I know. So the, it goes when, back. It wouldn't yeah. be that bad. Yeah, I agree. That's what I'm saying. I think. So I'm, you should have just your wife, since she stays home so much, you should have her. You should investigate all the crimes that she could potentially get away with. <laughs> that the worst penalty would be house arrest, which would be no penalty at all. Yeah, so it would be, be free crimes that that Jessica could like run her so a crime yeah, ring. Yes, yeah, so you're saying. Uh, stay-at-home moms commit crimes so you get on the house arrest. The worst you get is house arrest, in which case you become a better mom. Or you get away with it. Or you get away with it. Yeah. Which is the same thing I think about old people. Once you get to be 80, right. 70 or 80, right. you, you commit a crime, and then either you get away with the crime to help your family with the money, or you get uh, retirement care for free Yeah, in the pen. Totally. Yeah, and your family doesn't have to pay. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So you either get taken care of by the state pen, right. or you get away with the crime and you have money for your family. So your retirement plan would be commit a crime and you just go to jail. What are they going to do with an 80-year-old in jail? Right. It's not going to be bad. You just get free retirement. You get meals, whatever it is. Unless that dude ends up in jail that took advantage of the younger guy. So I think your wife should investigate all the crimes that could be the yeah. punishment would be house arrest. Maybe that would be good things for her to look into. All right. Well, that is news with Toby, ladies and, and gentlemen. News with Toby. Thank, Thank you, you guys. You, you just right. need to find balance, man. You just don't have. I need balance. to quit listening to you guys. You just don't have balance, me. man. I, I felt like I was trying to appease uh, you see, guys. Matt and I, I, Matt, I, I veered from the truth that I usually bring no, every time to to appease you guys. Matt and I, think and I, I wanted you to bring to the table something that was like noteworthy. Conflicting, kind of like, like oh, kind this of will like, bring out some good discussion, yeah. not depression. I don't need that. I mean, yeah, this is the end of the damn show. 
I mean, it, kind of light would be a little nice. It would help if you just research your damn news maybe at least a night ahead of time. I mean, there's news broadcasters getting up super early in the morning to film stuff hours in advance. You're looking at your news like two minutes beforehand. Have you thought about getting pathetic. one of those news vans with a satellite on top? Because those things are awesome. Like, you know what I mean? If you had a, the big spirally cable and the thing that goes way up high. And you You're had your good own at van. writing lyrics. Real good. <laughs> Guys, I just kind of want to... I just want the podcast to be over. So this is, I, I just this is going to be the end. I'm just going to say this as a goodbye, and the, I just I'm kind of depressed, and I just don't care. So Joey is so fat he gave Dracula <laughs> diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much.